Welcome to Be the Scandal, the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self. I'm your host, Danny Hickman. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I invite you to take a moment to rate my podcast and click subscribe. This helps people learn about Be the Scandal and gives them the opportunity to join this journey of radical self love. Now let's jump into the episode. This past weekend was Father's Day. As most of you know by now, my father unexpectedly passed away two years ago. The last few Father's Days, I've tried my best to honor my dad and try not to get swept away in grief. And on this past Sunday, my sisters and I were exchanging texts and really were checking in on each other and our emotional states on Father's Day. When we were doing our check-ins, I had this overwhelming moment where I felt such gratitude that I wasn't alone in my grief. And in this text exchange, one of my sisters shared that she felt like a dark cloud was following her around all week, a sentiment that if you've experienced the death of someone you love, I know that you know this rather well. And in this conversation, I was trying to make light while also validating her and how she was feeling. And I made a comment that labeled grief as a creep that is uninvited yet always lurking around. Because for me, that's really what grief is. It's always around and doesn't necessarily get smaller. What happens is our capacity to be present with it just gets bigger. We learn how to expand beyond our grief and hold a larger container for it. So as our capacity grows, it may look like we're doing well, or even that we're happy. And there might be some truth in that. We learn to move forward despite the emotional pain and unrelenting companionship of grief. But no matter how much time passes, grief still exists. And there are moments when we aren't okay. Moments that even two years later feel like we just lost that person that we love. And that's why I decided to record this episode. To validate those people who are experiencing grief and for those people who are trying to love us through it. Back in early 2020, I had a lot of my clients that lost people they loved unexpectedly. And a lot of them were close to someone who was grieving. And I'm sure you out there listening can really identify with this. Countless questions came my way in the energy of how do I support my friend? How do I support my partner or my coworker that lost someone? So if you're asking yourself this same question, I want to honor you right now for simply asking the question, for recognizing the pain that someone you love is experiencing and wanting to not shy away from it. Because a lot of us don't know how to sit in our own emotional pain, let alone sit with someone else in theirs. So this is the first step, being present in the truth of what is. And when it comes to our creeper frame grief, the truth is that it is big, it is sucky, and overwhelmingly painful. So what do we do about it? If you're experiencing grief or any kind of emotional pain, definitely check out episode seven of Be the Scandal, because in this episode, I share some specific tips on supporting yourself through it. But if you're trying to hold space for someone experiencing grief, here are some tips. First, I invite you to acknowledge the loss and the suck of it all. Grief naturally makes us want to run, hide, and avoid, especially when we don't know what to say. It's the elephant in the room, and because we're afraid to make someone upset, we don't acknowledge their loss or even bring up the topic. But here's a myth I want to bust right now. Even if you're not bringing it up, the person grieving is already upset. They've probably thought about that person that they lost multiple times by the time you got into conversation with them. I know for me, there is not a day that goes by that I'm not thinking about how my dad passed away. Multiple times a day, it's coming up. It's in my mind. I can't get away from it. The next tip I have is talk less and listen more. 
So that what do I say question is one I receive frequently. And here's something that will liberate you from stressing about what to do. You don't have to know what to say. Here's a rule of thumb. Talk less, listen more. Creating a safe space for the person you love to talk is one of the most healing things you can do. Attuning to the loss, so this means making the person feel seen, heard, and loved, is deeply supportive of healing and processing grief. So this could look like, tell me more about your dad, or tell me more about what you're feeling, or that validation. It would make sense that you're feeling this way. Thank you for sharing this with me. I see you. I know this is a lot for you. And just simply being present with that person goes a long way. The next tip I have is to give space freely without conditions. Experiencing grief is a process, which I know it's obnoxious when people say that, mainly because it's true. It can come out of nowhere and hit you like a tidal wave, even though it's always there, always under the surface. Sometimes life is exhausting. There are days when it's a grand feat to get out of bed, and sometimes you honestly just want to hide, or at least that's been my experience. Grief is so individualized, so giving your loved one permission to hide and to be in their own energy and own space without conditions is invaluable. To give them that space, that time apart without the guilt and shame. But also, even if you're giving space, don't forget about them. Check in. I know that I just said give them space, and please do that. But remember to send that text, or at least try to call, or send that card and acknowledge that even though it might look like their life has moved on and they're doing well, that their life has moved forward with a significant loss of someone they loved. Their life might look, quote, normal, but it will never be normal again. So even as time elapses, time goes on, the grief for that person is still present and sometimes more intense as more time passes. There are birthdays, holidays, significant life events that their loved one isn't here for that you might not know about. I know some of my friends have just sent me heart emojis and I know that means, oh, they're thinking about me. Or some will send a message that says, thinking about you, you're on my mind. I'm here when you're ready to talk. Things like that help you feel less alone. And even knowing that, oh, okay, they remember that I lost someone. And really loving without conditions. I'm interrupting this episode to tell you about one of the biggest obstacles to self-love, your inner critic. We all know what it's like to feel overpowered and overwhelmed by this part of us. You know that part of you that likes to be critical and whispers things to you like you're not good enough, you're a failure, and reminds you of all the things that you've done wrong. Learning how to manage this negative inner dialogue is vital in the journey to radical self-love. So if you're looking for support in taming your own inner critic, I invite you to download my free offering, Sacred Compassion. In my work as a psychotherapist, I found compassion to be the antidote to that pesky inner critic and the key to connecting to sustainable self-love. If you're wanting access to this free download, all you need to do is follow the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. The next tip I have is respect their boundaries. So the person that you love might not know what they need, but when they do ask for what they need, please respect it. It might not make full sense to you, but honestly, it doesn't have to. That's not the point of a boundary. The point of a boundary is for the other person to feel safe and to be able to meet their needs. And the last tip I have, I know these are quick tips, but this one is don't assume, ask. 
This is another tip to liberate yourself from feeling like you need to know everything. Because let's be honest, that is a losing game. Even as a psychotherapist, I am trained in how to support people through this, but I don't always know what to say. In these moments, I drop back to those attunement principles, those statements that help that person that we love to feel seen, heard, held, and loved. Grief is so individualized, there's no way for you to know what a person is needing without asking. And honestly, that's a relief to me. And I love these questions when supporting someone. What do you need? How can I help you? Using those open-ended questions are really helpful because they help the other person be able to really tune in and ask themselves, what do I need? And in those moments, if they're not able to actually share like, okay, I really need help with this thing, or I just need someone to listen to me, maybe follow your intuition on it. Maybe you say something like, I know it might be hard to identify what you need right now, so I'm just going to sit with you. I'm not going to leave you in this space. Because some of our most traumatic moments are those moments when we felt big emotional pain and we felt alone in it. So being present with someone in their grief helps to rewrite those previous moments where maybe they felt a big emotion and people shied away. And it really helps them embody the energy of they are valuable and they are worthy and their grief is worthy. It is worthy of being seen, held, and witnessed. And we can only do this in relationship by not abandoning those people who are grieving and supporting ourselves in being able to hold space for them. So this is a question for you to ask yourself. How do you actually feel when people are experiencing big emotion? Is it something that makes you really uncomfortable and you want them to stop feeling what they're feeling? That's where some of these sentiments come in that people just say to you to try to quote, make you feel better when actually it doesn't do anything because they're not actually attuned statements. So things like time heals all wounds, or it will get better with time, or just get through this first year, and things like that, where it's like, well, okay, your heart is maybe meaning well, but what is your intention behind these statements? Is it because the person that's distressed is making you uncomfortable with their emotion, and you don't know how to regulate your own emotions while that other person is feeling theirs? Because that can offer guidance for you on how you be a better space holder, a better friend, a better partner, when someone near you, someone you love is feeling emotional distress. Now, of course, this isn't an end-all be-all list, but maybe this is some place to start. Getting curious into how you feel when someone's feeling big emotion and offering support in an authentic way. And sometimes the authentic way is, I don't know what to say. And because I don't know what to say, I'm just going to sit here with you and I want you to know that I'm not going to leave you in it. Sometimes that is the most helpful, loving thing you can do for someone. And my intention for this episode is to really call in the energy of not leaving those people we love in their emotional pain so that they're stuck in it themselves. Of course, yes, I'm a psychotherapist, so I know that there is time for self-soothing and self-regulating and processing that needs to happen on our own. We have to learn how to do that. And also with that, I have the knowing that grief is something that can be held and processed and healed within community. So this is a challenge right now. If you know someone who is grieving, Could you send them a text? Could you check in on them? Could you say, hey, I haven't forgotten that your dad died. How are you? Or, hey, I know it was Father's Day. What do you need? Or, hey, Mother's Day. Or, hey, I know your mom's birthday is sometime soon. I can't remember the date, but I want you to know I'm thinking about you. And I know today might be hard. I'm here if you want to talk. 
These little things and acknowledgement of the grief and the emotional pain go a long way in showing your love and supporting these people that you care about that are grieving unconditionally. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Be The Scandal. If you like what you heard, don't forget to click subscribe so that you can join in on the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self.